The Bucks are getting ready to play Philly once again. One of the most enjoyable matchups, I think, for Bucks fans. Everyone gets fired up uh, for a game against Philly. We have injury updates of who's actually going to be there and who's not going to be there. It continues to be a talking point. And I'm going to take a quick look back to opening night and then potentially some of the defensive matchups I'm excited about in this game. And I've spoken a lot about the Grayson Allen side of this potential trade with the Bucks. This time, I want to look at Jay Crowder. If the Bucks trade for Jay Crowder, uh, they are leaning very, very heavily into the defense. Is that a good idea? Let's take a look. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win show daily and also find my work over at ESPN and today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds and lines than ever before. That's Bet Online where the game starts and we'll talk a little bit more about that later including the MVP odds but uh, as always I thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first watch or first listen of every day whether it's the old school audio platform whether it's on YouTube uh, we really appreciate it. And the comments section continues to fill up more and more with every single show. This is where the community is now for Locked On Bucks. And it's a hell of a lot of fun. Even if you listen on the audio platform, jump on YouTube after, throw in a couple of thoughts, a couple of comments. I always say it positive or negative, not necessarily about the show, but the content, what the Bucks are doing on the floor. Uh, we love it all. We interact with it all. And uh, I, it, it helps me create the show. And we should say, you can see my Twitter handle down the bottom there, at Kane Pittman. I would love you to follow me, but I'm not sure how long you'll be able to follow me for. I haven't been totally across this, but it seems like it's looking a little bit bleak for Twitter. Uh, if you really want to, the option is there to follow me on Instagram, Kane underscore Pittman. You can find me there. It's, it's mostly me doing some social stuff. I put up some work stuff. Uh, but at least that way, if you feel comfortable, you can... Uh, contact me there as well. So feel free to follow me on Instagram. But most importantly, I would say subscribe to the show on YouTube. And with whatever happens with this social media stuff, uh, you'll be able to join into where the community is building anyway. And that's at YouTube for Locked On Bucks. We're only just getting started in the season and we're only just getting warmed up with this podcast for uh, what we hope is a title run for this Bucks team. And what we also hope is that I'll be in Milwaukee for the back end of this regular season. That's certainly the plan. We'll see if it all plays out. Uh, but at this stage, that's what I'm hoping to do. All right, Bucks and Sixers potentially tonight as you're listening to this podcast. As I said, these are one of the games, no matter what's going on over the last five, six years, you just get excited to watch. They played on opening night. It was a defensive battle. The Bucks won at 90 to 88. It was a lot of fun. Wesley Matthews hit a big three. Grayson Allen was doing some crazy stuff there late in the game. And they were able to pull it out uh, late after it looked like maybe they were going to cough up a big lead. So they get a chance here again. They're going to be shorthanded. So here is the latest as far as the injury concerns go. Out, Pat Connaughton, Wesley Matthews, Chris Middleton, Joe Ingles, and AJ Green, who will be playing G League 
obviously the Bucks on the road for this game. And it's funny because, you know, we've discussed AJ Green a little bit on this show, you know, wondered how they were going to use the two-way, whether he would make the regular season. And in the end, he had some decent moments last night. He got scored his first points, which was awesome on the three. The crowd was going crazy. He had a couple offensive rebounds that I thought were important when the Bucks were in trouble against the Cavs. So with so many bodies out, uh, AJ Green also won't be playing in this game. Uh, Grayson Allen is probable, though, which is good news. Uh, the Bucks just need bodies right now. And then Drew Holiday is questionable. With the Bucks on the road, you know, I'll be interested to see whether Drew Holiday plays or get into the matchups defensively in just a little bit here. So maybe it's another night where Drew has it off. We know they've got big matchups next week. Portland, Chicago, maybe Cleveland again is in there. Dallas, I think. So some pretty good teams. And if he needs another night, have another night. The Bucs got the win last night, perhaps an unexpected one. You bank that and you say, okay, that's not take any risks at this type of the se- at this time of the season, which I think has certainly been the case for Milwaukee so far. What about Philadelphia and where they're at so far this season? Seven and seven, ninth in the Eastern Conference. As far as injuries for the Sixers, James Harden remains out. He's going to be out for a little bit. Uh, Furkan Korkmaz, the Korkman, uh, he's also out. But if we go back to opening night, and I had to just have a look through some of the numbers, the thing that stands out, and we've spoken about the Bucks three-point defense all season long, the numbers are way down. I don't think that they've played any of the, the teams that are going to completely go on a barrage from three Yet, this early in the season, they've played a bunch of teams multiple times. But on that night, opening night, the Sixers were just 5 for 24 from three, which, as we discussed at the time, was a low for makes. It was a low for attempts for a very long period of time uh, for this Milwaukee team. But Philly outscored the Bucks 48 to 30 in the paint, which was a fascinating number. Uh, the Bucks have really tightened up in that regard as well. We spoke last night, Brooke Lopez you know, has to be a defensive player of the year candidate right now. And you've got Giannis. But if you're going into this game and thinking, what should we expect from the Bucs and the Sixers? I think it's going to be low scoring. That 90 to 88 scoreline from opening night might be similar again. Philadelphia ranked 17th in offense, ordinary. The Bucs, we know, they've been ordinary. They get a performance like last night where they get a bunch of threes and it's very, very fun to watch because we haven't seen the Bucs break out too often. Then that third quarter against Cleveland, Jordan War is throwing down lobs. Brooke Lopez is going nuts from the outside. That was about as fun as it gets for this Bucks team so far this season, in my opinion. But Philly, 17th in offense. The Bucs are middle of the pack. We know the Bucs are number one for defense. Philadelphia, fourth for defense. So this is going to be tough. We spoke last night about how nothing is coming easy for Giannis so far this season. I would expect it's going to be the same against the Philly team. Joel Embiid, our old friend PJ Tucker. Not going to be easy. But I want to focus on some of the defensive matchups from the Bucks' point of view here in this game as we do a quick little preview. Jay Crowder to come. So stick around if you want to listen to uh, some of the numbers with Jay Crowder. Uh, the rumors, the reports, they continue to come filtering through. So we're about to talk about Jay Crowder. But the matchups are interesting here because I actually think with no James Harden, you can get by without Drew and understanding that it makes life very difficult on offense, but purely the matchups we see, Javon Carter for Tyrese Maxey, I think is good. Size for size, you're not worried about that. Javon Carter, physicality, you love it. 
The other matchup that I find fascinating is going to be Marjan Bochamp, who I assume is going to guard Tobias Harris. Now, we spoke about this on yesterday's pod or over the last couple of days. been lots of Bochamp chat. We're loving it. We're very excited. And the thing that I'm excited about this matchup is at the start of the season, I probably thought that Bochamp was going to be sliding from three to four defensively. And you're like, okay, what does this do you know, in the future? Maybe not the rookie season, but what does this do in the future with the talents and the skill set that he has defensively in terms of unlocking versatile lineups? But what we've seen so far this season is Marjon Bochamp has actually gone uh, from probably defending threes down to the twos. So we saw DeJounte Murray, we saw Donovan Mitchell, Darius Garland, which does change the dynamics of this team. So I would guess that he'll start the game guarding Tobias Harris. Tobias Harris has been averaging 15 points per game. He has been efficient, 47% from the field, 40% from three, but pretty low volume. But this is a different type of matchup for Bochamp. Perhaps it'll be more physical. We've seen the guys like Donovan Mitchell, DeJounte Murray, feel comfortable at times with the first step, being able to get by Marjan Bochamp defensively. Now it's like, okay, let's slide up. Let's go to a more of a traditional three. The guy that at times in the past has played some small ball four uh, for the Sixers, and let's see how Bochamp goes there. So Harrison Bochamp, I'm very excited about, again, another challenge uh, for Marjan to see if he can do different things here. So I'm expecting a low-scoring game. I'm expecting an entertaining game, however. Uh, hopefully Giannis can have a big night. He's had some big nights in the past against the Sixers. Uh, but as I mentioned, this is one of those rivalry matchups. Let us know in the YouTube comments, what are you looking forward to from this game? If the Bucs can go 12-3, and three, given everything that they've been through to start this season, it would be truly miraculous. I mean, this has been a sensational start when you consider the injuries the Bucs have had. Uh, so uh, keep it locked on the YouTube channel. I don't know if we'll do a full podcast. I've got other work stuff tomorrow. Maybe there'll be a YouTube short. Subscribe to YouTube and you'll be able to keep up if there's any bonus content there on the weekend. If it's a really good game, you can probably bet that we're going to do something. So make sure you subscribe to Locked on Bucks on YouTube there. And now, before we get to Jay Crowder, a quick note from Masterclass. Uh, Well, Masterclass is a place that I highly recommend. You can go to masterclass.com slash locked on today. And uh, you can learn a bunch of stuff. It's really fun. So you can learn how to write anything from a book or screenplay to just a letter. Learn how to communicate with your boss or your family. Uh, Learn how to make a dinner worthy of a Michelin star or just how to make really good scrambled uh, scrambled eggs, which, by the way, for me, would come in uh, quite handy. So there is a, it is an immersive learning experience. Uh, you can use your, your phone, your, your laptop, your tablet, Apple TV, uh, to go through these lessons, they're approximately 10 to 15 minutes uh, in length. So they're easy to fit in as well. And this is some high quality instructors here at Masterclass. John Legend, he can teach songwriting. John Douglas can teach how to think like a profiler. Chris Jenner teaches the power of personal branding. Mariah Carey teaches uh, using the voice as an instrument. Uh, so perhaps you can uh, create your own Christmas Classic song. By the way, I've seen Christmas decorations going up. A little early for me. Anyway, I highly recommend you check it out. This holiday, give one annual membership and get one free. Go to masterclass.com slash locked on today. That's masterclass.com slash locked on. Terms apply. All right, make sure you check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast as well. 
Uh, once you're done with Locked On Bucks, Locked On Sports today, we'll have you covered with everything else going on in the sporting world. And uh, as I'm currently recording this podcast, I did watch the first half of the Packers game. The Packers are playing the Tennessee Titans right now. It's looking very cold at Lambeau Field. I've sat through a couple of games at Lambeau Field and I could not feel my feet. I couldn't feel my hands. My nose may well have fallen off. Couldn't feel anything. It looks cold at Lambeau, but uh, hopefully the Packers can come back and have a win for a bunch of our friends with the Locked On Sports Today podcast. We'll have you covered. And of course, as we always say, thanks for supporting Locked On Bucks. Subscribe on YouTube. Subscribe on the audio platforms. Let's talk about Jay Crowder. And you might be thinking, geez, we've been talking a lot of Jay Crowder. But uh, this is the news. And if the Bucks are going to make a big trade, this would be the big trade that they probably would make for the entire season. And I've, as discussed, if you're new to the podcast, my thoughts are that for the Bucks to make a trade of that significance this early in the season would be an interesting choice just based on the fact they haven't seen the pieces on the floor together. So there's no evidence with everyone on the floor together of what this team can be. We know that they can be elite defensively. We know so far they've had their offensive struggles. And maybe with guys like Pat and Chris, you know that even offensively, this team in the postseason probably isn't going to be a juggernaut. But if the Bucs did go in and trade for Jay Crowder, and there's been reports overnight that potentially there was some three-team trade that was close, who knows how close it actually was. Maybe this is the Suns getting a bit impatient and saying, hey, let's spread the message out there that this deal is about to get done. So then maybe some teams will jump in and say, well, we don't want to miss out on the Jay Crowder sweepstakes if there is sweepstakes. So let's get the let's get the new cycle rolling. So who knows how close this trade actually was? I'm sure this isn't going to be the last time we're going to talk about it. But if the Bucks did trade Grayson Allen and whatever's necessary to get Jay Crowder, there's no doubt that this is absolutely the Bucks saying, "We if we win the title this year, we're winning it with defense and nothing else." That's kind of how they won the title back in 2021. So I don't think that's the worst idea of all time. And during that season, they lent in and got a defensive-minded player that is very limited offensively in P.J. Tucker, and it proved to be a very helpful trade that they made. And the offense wasn't great. You think about the Brooklyn series, which was a grind. You think the Phoenix at times, it was a grind. You're going to need some guys to knock down some threes. Giannis will be Giannis, all-time talent. And then you need Chris Middleton to be a guy that's just going to be a shot maker and just a just a big time shot maker, and this is why I always sit back here and just laugh at any criticism that Chris Middleton has. Go back and watch the postseason, and you'll see how many times that man bailed out the Bucks when they desperately, desperately needed it. And if Chris Middleton isn't healthy on this team, they're probably not winning the title anyway. They didn't last year, as we know. People scoff at that, but the defense was unreal. So this would be the Bucks leaning into the defense. So I did just look at some of the numbers for. Jay Crowder offensively, just to paint the picture so you understand, because I've spoken about Grayson Allen, and you can say, well, he's a one-dimensional player, but he is still one of the the rare elite shooters on this team. And if they trade that away, no, I mean, it, it is slightly risky, but again, I totally understand that there will be people out there saying that there's no risk because he, he's going to be unplayable in certain matchups. I'm not... That locked into that idea, I think that he is playable. If you have all your pieces together, I think that you can get away with it. And I think there's some value to a Grayson Allen player alongside Giannis and the starters. That's my opinion. I might be wrong. But Jay Crowder, 
if you if we just base this on last year's numbers, so six of eight of his shots uh, were three point attempts. He only shot thirty four point eight percent from three, so he's not an elite shooter, below average shooter from three historically. I think most people are aware of that. Six of his eight shots came with zero dribbles. He's not a creator. He's not going to put the ball on the floor. He might get you a dunk off a cut or something like that, but he's not creating his own shot and he's not doing anything other than shooting out uh, open threes. He was 35% on those wide open threes last year, so he wasn't really even a knockdown shooter on those open threes. Um, So again, for a team that has struggled in the postseason to hit those threes, we've lived through it. We've lived through the Jay Crowder game where, yeah, he, he might go five for six, he might go five for seven. We've seen it. He's streaky. So if you did trade for Jay Crowder and, yeah, maybe he'd have one of those those games and it would be incredibly valuable. It helps you win a title. But he's only shot over 35% uh, over thirty-five percent from three twice in the last eight playoff runs that he's had. So it's just a, it's just an idea that when you look at the guys that the Bucs already have and you say, okay, what's the Bucs offense in the postseason? A lot of it is hoping that guys can knock down open threes enough to at least intimidate the defense to at least get out to them. Most of the time, these teams are gambling anyway and saying, oh, we're not going to guard that man. But if the Bucs traded for Jay Crowder, the idea is that you could lean into when you wanted to, Giannis playing the five, Crowder can slide up to the four. You've got Pat, you've got Chris, you've got all these guys. Wesley Matthews hopefully is healthy. And there is a fair bit of Wesley Matthews about Jay Crowder. A little bit bigger, but tough veterans. You put Jay Crowder on the floor with a guy like Javon Carter, Bobby Portis. You're not worried about the toughness of this team. That's for damn sure. So I can understand it. I've said this. I understand the idea of what it could do for a playoff team. Again, I would just, I would just wait. And maybe if you think that Jay Crowder is the guy that you need to get him right now, then yeah, maybe you just go and do it. But I would just be waiting to see if you think there's enough juice in Joe Ingles to be a guy that does provide some offensive versatility in terms of he can handle the ball, he can pass, he will put it on the floor, he can operate in the pick and roll. And yeah, he's a guy that, yeah, maybe not to an elite level, but will defend the three, the four, and perhaps unlock some of those lineups as well. And if Grayson Allen is the one trade chip you have throughout the entire season, is it wise to use that chip in November? That's the question I continue to ask. But are our listeners okay and absolutely open to the idea that this team is never going to be an offensive juggernaut outside of what Giannis can do and, again, outside of what Chris Middleton can do? And then you have the Brook and you have the Drew. So you've got really, really capable... I'm not saying this is a bad offensive team. But it's not the prime Golden State Warriors. And that I think that's okay because defense is this team's identity and the defense is absolutely elite. I don't know if in two months' time, if you ask me, I might be you might be listening to this podcast and I'll be all in on a Jay Crowder trade and say, hey, I've seen enough. Defense is this team. Jay Crowder's the best guy available. Go get him. But Dean Maniart, our friend in our DM today, said, What happens if, you know, down the road maybe PJ Washington becomes available? You just don't know who's going to crop up in these trade conversations over the next couple of months. And if you use Grayson Allen now, yeah, we haven't seen Jay Crowder play for a little bit here. If that doesn't work out, you might find yourself around Feb saying, geez, look at some of these tasty names that are there on the trade table that perhaps the Bucks could have gone and got. So again, I just wanted to look at it from the Crowder point of view today. I've done the Grayson Allen point of view. Hopefully Grayson plays against Philly today and we'll see what happens here. I want to talk about 
Jordan wore a little bit more as well before we wrap up this show because Jordan was great yesterday. I just wanted to expand on some of the thoughts. But I also want to expand on our friends from betonline.net, which is the number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from football to basketball to soccer and esports. They've got it all at betonline.net. Uh, the latest NBA regular season MVP 2022-23 odds. Jason Tatum, the favorite, 3-1. to one. Giannis coming in second, 13-4. to four. Uh, Luka Doncic on the same line there with Giannis. And you've got Steph Curry, Ja Morant, Joel Embiid, Kevin Durant, Donovan Mitchell. And I didn't really mention Joel Embiid a lot ahead of this game with the Bucks and the Sixers. But Joel Embiid himself, averaging 32 points a game, had that 59-point, 12-rebound, whatever it was, nine assists, seven blocks, just absolutely absurd game that he had the other night. Uh, one other quick one here. Will the Golden State Warriors finish over 500 on the road in the regular season? I believe they're 0-8 right now. So uh, that would take some extreme improvement from the Golden State Warriors. But head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. That's Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, as I fiddle around with my laptop here, bad news for me today, and I uh, I did just tweet about this. My laptop, me, me trusty old 2015 MacBook, is in some serious trouble. And so is my so is my iPhone 8. Look at my phone. Look at my phone here. It's got a button on it. How do you operate an iPhone without a button? I'll tell you what, I'm about to enter a wild world. I don't have my laptop or my phone is going to last the weekend. I'm going to have to put some money down on the weekend. I'm very upset about it. I'm a frugal man. Some would say a tight ass. And the idea of putting a couple thousand dollars down on uh, on that kind of stuff is is pretty heartbreaking for me and something I'm going to have to just deal with. I'm going to have to do it. For the sake of this podcast, I'm going to have to spend the cash. Very disappointing. Jordan Wara wasn't disappointing with his 20-point performance against the Cleveland Cavaliers, though, and our friend Eric Name over at The Athletic wrote a story about the development of Jordan Moore. I did speak about you know, Jordan a little bit on yesterday's podcast, and I said, oh, what a great performance. And knocked down the threes, particularly in the first quarter. The Bucs needed every single one of those 10 points. It is just fascinating, and we all do it. I do it, so I'm not calling anyone out here. But with certain players, and Jordan is definitely one of those, unless he can expand his game a little bit, his, his performance is going to live or die on whether he hits shots. And we did have a YouTube commenter yesterday say, geez, Marjan was just throwing up bricks yesterday against the Cavs. And I said, I thought he took some reasonable shots and he just missed it. But I thought Marjan was able to have an impact on the game. Defensively, he was taking on a very important matchup. And then as I mentioned on the show, the four offensive rebounds. So he just made sure that he stayed involved in the game. And that's always been the challenge for Jordan because we know he can score. We've seen him when players are out that he can be that guy that can get you 20 points in an NBA game, which is a real skill. And that shouldn't be glossed over. But what happens when the stars are playing and you have a guy who likes to create his own shots? If you've got Giannis and Chris on the floor... Is, is Jordan Wara the guy from an efficiency standpoint that you want to sit back and say, yeah, go for it, man. Play some ISO, create your own shot. Probably not, particularly because this year he hasn't been all that efficient. 
But we did see a few little things, and credit to Eric here. I was just looking at a clip that he put on Twitter, which was a play where Jordan Moore had the ball. He's dribbling, going through his dribble package. Seen it before. Then he put the ball on the floor and tried to drive. Sometimes when I see Jordan Moore drive, it feels a little forced. And there's been times where he'll take sort of a like a one-footed step back, try and push shot, float or whatever it may be. Sometimes he makes him because the guy's just really talented. But it's a it's a low percentage shot. And so far this season, he hasn't really been finishing him. But on this play, he kind of left his feet. And we've seen him sometimes just flip up the shot. This time, he actually flicked it to the corner to Javon Carter. He caught the ball. He put the ball on the floor. Jordan Moore ran baseline back to the corner. All of a sudden, he's open for a feet set corner three. And that was just an interesting play because, yeah, defensively, we'll see. He came up with a couple of steals, deflections, those types of things. I don't think anyone thinks he's ever going to be an elite defender. But can he be a guy that functions within an offense outside of just being an isolation scorer? That's the big question. We saw a couple of little things there yesterday. And, and I've said it before, you know, I feel for him a little bit. In previous years, the opportunities have been so sporadic. Now you see a guy like Bochamp who comes in and almost you know, leaps ahead and is in the starting lineup. It's going to be pretty annoying as a professional, I would have to imagine. There has to be some part of you that sits back and says, damn, I'm just like, I wish I was getting these opportunities. So to see him again, as I said, smiling, energetic, involved, and just showing a few little things was interesting. And it does appear that at least for the next little stretch here, maybe there'll be continued opportunities for Jordan Warris. So and maybe he can continue to expand on that, build a little bit of momentum. I'm not really on board with the whole idea that, you know, he sucks, trade him, whatever. I mean, he's on a low salary, first of all. He's also probably your 12th, 13th, 14th player. I don't really understand what people think you're, you, you're getting. So I, I don't buy into the the super negative criticism, but I think you can be realistic about where he sits in the pecking order and what he would potentially have to do to get minutes in this team. And that's what we try and do on this show. So it was a fun one to see him do that yesterday with the caveat that, Okay, let's see. Let's see it against Philly, a really good defensive team. Hopefully, he can continue to play well. But also, you like to see him get to a position where he doesn't have to knock down five threes for you to say that was a great game. Can he have a really good game without necessarily being the most efficient scorer? That's a, that's an interesting question. And that's a challenge, and that's what we'll continue to watch moving forward with Jordan War. All right, let's wrap this podcast up. Half an hour of me talking by myself, that's a lot. You, you you, all, the listeners, special people for, for supporting me and following me on these solo podcasts. Hopefully you had fun. Jump on the YouTube. Join the community. Again, who knows what's happening with other social media? YouTube, Locked on Bucks, it's the place to be. Subscribe, comments, polls, all sorts of things going on. So we would love it if you would join us there. Bucks and Sixers tomorrow over the weekend. Thanks for following along all week. As always, my name's Kane Pittman. Speak to you guys next time.